I like to think of myself as what they call an entrepreneur by being that entrepreneur within the big system. And You're a maverick inside big companies, I think. So you're the female Dundee from Dundee. Hi, my name's Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And welcome to The Common Creative. Uh, we're on a mission to understand and share the tools and techniques of creativity in business. And this week's guest is a personal friend of mine, an amazing woman, Marnie Flanagan. Now, she is uh, an entrepreneur with her own side hustle and a day job as an innovation manager. She calls herself an intrapreneur. Paul, what did you make of that title? Look, I think it was fantastic the way that she has established herself in a corporate with the, when with their permission to also run a, a very successful and innovative side hustle. Um, so a really interesting conversation. And it makes me think side hustle might be too small a word. She runs a business that uh, sells and distributes crocodile meat. I, I struggle to think of a business that's more innovative and unusual than that, whilst running a job as an innovation manager in a big food company. Let's get her in. Let's find out what makes her tick. Marnie Flanagan, a huge welcome to The Common Creative. Thank you very much, Chris Meredith. <laughs> and welcome, Marnie. Great to have you on the show. And you, thank you, Paul. Marnie, now you and, each, you and I know each other socially and professionally. I think of you as the ultimate entrepreneur. And the reason for that is that you, you have a day job with a big food company working in the role of uh, innovation. But also, when you're not at work, you're also working and you have a, a number of really interesting startups and side hustles. So you have your own side businesses. Does that name entrepreneur fit easily with you? Is that how you describe yourself? Uh, I definitely think that speaks to my core, Chris. Um, my life's been one of um, choose your own adventure. Um, I've had uh, certainly the, the two-decade veteran of being uh, in senior fast moving um, consumer good, uh, goods roles, um, but also um, the privilege to be able to run my own company um, as well, um, which uh, I'll get into in a little bit more detail. <laughs> so, yes, entrepreneur and that whole spirit of entrepreneurialism uh, is definitely me. Well, Nick, now you've teased everyone about your your side hustle your your own business you have to tell us because it's fascinating it's not your everyday um startup no. tell us about it okay um so just to uh, i guess share a little bit about me i grew up on a very isolated property um out near dunnydoo so hunting kangaroos and um uh, essentially a cattle property, um, but it was very scrubby, so it was very wild. I kind of tapped back into that, um, I guess, core of my um, self and came up with a business uh, in wild meat. Um, and I've tried uh, and trialled lots of different wild meats, and the one that um, I seem to be famous for is the crocodile meat. And I launched a business into the US importing Australian crocodile meat. And when I'm over there, I uh, call myself the Australian female Crocodile Dundee, uh, which certainly has opened a lot of doors. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy it, actually, that doing business, certainly in the US and here, um, yeah, tapping into hoax, uh, that's, uh, that's been a lot of fun. 
That's even better. So you're the female um, Dundee from Dunny Do. From Dunny Do, yes. <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but absolutely. I'll, I'll use that one, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're officially here to talk about creativity, but now you've told us about crocodile meat. Tell us, what does it taste like and when and how should people cook it? Oh, definitely. So I, I uh, it's quite a... I guess a meat that hasn't got a, a really strong flavour, but it's got the texture of a steak. So it's a muscle. The best part is the tail steak. And um, it tastes, I, I think it tastes a little bit like calamari. You know, that sort of really light taste um, goes well with citrus. Um, you definitely like all game meat, don't overcook it because it'll go as tough as a, as a boot leather. Um, so just really, really sort of quick flash fry, lots of lemon, olive oil over some, a beautiful bed of, you know, steamed rice with some salad and uh, no fat, like zero fat, very high protein, uh, more protein than all the meats. So very healthy as well. I know <laughs> crocodiles live for a very long time. So doubtless they if you do. want to live forever, you should eat lots of crocodile meat. And the business is True. called Naturally Wild. If anybody's listening and wants to get some, would they go to Naturally Wild? Is that how they should find you? It's the little plug. Yes, Naturally Wild uh, products online and we're in Coles and I've got a store locator. So pop in your postcode. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. That. I hope you get a big kick up in sales. Marley, I wonder if I could switch the conversation to the world of big business because you have a day job working innovation in a big food company mm -hmm. and what's in my mind for creative people in big companies is that it could feel like a set of handcuffs because you've got systems and processes and line managers and all those things that big companies have i wanted to find out if there's an upside to working in a big company for a creative entrepreneur like you um, yeah i like to think of myself um as what they call an intrapreneur. So within a, a large um, sort of FMCG, uh, and I, I guess I can only, I can only to an extent get away with this because of my 20 years experience. I certainly, I think starting out, you, you can't, um, uh, I guess, you know, know the, know what works uh, unless you've got the experience. But yeah, my, my, um, yeah, my recent, I guess, goals have been kicked uh, by being that entrepreneur within the big system. And look, knowing that you've got to absolutely, you know, cross all the T's and dot the I's um, and, uh, you know, ensure that you're going through the right processes, but try and remove yourself from the everyday um, is certainly how I've seen recent success. Um, but in addition to that, it's it's also, I think, um, outside of work is my, my life has been I guess extremely adventurous and um, living in America when I started my business, starting an import company, um, I won Small Business of the Year uh, with my meat business uh, a few years ago. Therefore, I got um, amazing consulting uh, through with um, Dan Gregory and Kieran Flanagan, who uh, you know one of Australia's best uh, strategists. Um, so. My life outside of work is has got an extremely colourful depth um, and if it weren't for that, I don't think I could bring back to corporate uh, essentially the creative ideas for growth um, that can then be commercialised. So I think, yeah, so in answer to your question, Chris, it's a combination of uh, my style at the moment is, is that entrepreneur working within their processes whilst um, overlaying the depth of experience that I've got. So, uh, Marnie, I'm very interested um, just in this thing. It's just, you know, you say it's a side hustle, but it's obviously a, a serious business. 
how does that work with you working for a large corporate and having having your side business? Because I think it's it's, it's great, you know. And do they see the value of you stepping in and out, or how, how does it work? Um, look, my side business is now eight years young. <laughs> So, and I've uh, absolutely, I started out hands on, um, you know, standing there flipping steaks <laughs> in supermarkets, you know, to myself to try and, and going to trade shows, and it was full time. What I learned over the eight years is what sells, what doesn't, as well as supply chain um, in regards to what works, because it's a very complicated supply chain, as you would imagine. Um, so, uh, what I've been able to do is basically um, downscale it to what's working, which is literally um, certain cuts of meat um, aligning with certain abattoir. And then I've got one uh, one person that helps with a lot of the admin and then one other person that helps with social media. And so the day-to-day, I'm very hands-off. Um, so, I, you know, I get involved when it comes with the product development or if there's a big meeting coming up, but that that it frees me up then um, to give back to, to corporate with my day job, yeah. And the, and the corporate have no issue uh, with, with, with that? No, no. Yeah. It's in my contract. Um, no, I was very upfront. I think as long as you're upfront with things, um, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. If anything, they get the benefit of me knowing that the whole end-to-end and, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a better corporate yeah. <laughs> citizen. <laughs> So, Marnie, I'm fascinated by this word, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur working within a big business. Uh, so what's the difference between an entrepreneur and an innovation manager? Well, I mean, obviously, you know what it's like to run your own business. Um, I'm yeah. still looking for the advantages of that if you're working in a big business. Do you, I mean, it, it, I would imagine there'll be people who say, look, it's too complicated running a side hustle. I've got to just do my day job. And there'll be equally other people who say, look, I get the freedom of doing what I want with my own side business. So um, I'm giving up the corporate job. You do both. Uh, so yeah, yeah. What, are the, what are the upsides of working in a big business? I didn't, I didn't quite understand mm-hmm. that. I think I think the upside, certainly uh, in regards to what I've delivered to corporate, um, here's, here's an example. I could choose many, but uh, is uh, I'd recently come back from America. Um, I have a lot of, I had six years in dairy when I was with Fonterra. So um, combining my dairy experience with living in America, um, I see gaps. I see what's growing in, in uh, the USA. Uh, I then come back to my current company and who are also in dairy. Um, dairy is a very competitive um, industry in, in Australia. It's actually very hard um, to innovate profitably. And um, dairy-free uh, is something that when I came back was very underdeveloped in Australia. Uh, and so, for example, coconut yogurt has been out there for nearly 20 years and that's it. Uh, in America, there's this huge growth of almond milk yogurt, um, which didn't exist in Australia when I came back. And so my very first meeting um you know, with, with Woolworths was uh, here is a gap in the market where where do you see it going? Like start with that strategic discussion and then from there um, I came back to my, uh, the company that I'm working uh, for to get permission to go and seek uh, capability in doing Australia's first almond milk yoghurt. Again, it comes back to my depth of experience in FMCG, knowing the contacts, knowing to bring in, you know, the large research um, R&D company for the 
innovation uh, rescues, uh, uh, knowing how to convert a factory into dairy-free. I certainly don't know that, but I certainly know how to have the conversation. And I guess um, that is extremely out of the wheelhouse of of my current company. So they were able to trust in me that I had the skill set to be able to um, essentially bring it all together outside of their process. Uh, Marty, what is what is FMCG for the uh, listeners and for um, me? Supermarket goods, Sup- supermarket uh, goods, anything you buy in a supermarket, essentially. <laughs> What's it stand for? FMCG. Uh, fast, fast moving consumer goods. Oh right, okay, yep. fast, right. Sorry. <laughs> like rabbits, live rabbits. Yeah, like rabbits. Yeah. Live rabbits. <laughs> Marty, um, you and I know each other socially and professionally. And something I notice about you is the way you're so wonderfully hands-on in big business. You're able to kind of negotiate with suppliers, um, perhaps third-party manufacturers. You're a maverick inside big companies, I think, because you know so much about all the detail of supply chain and manufacturing, as well as marketing, packaging, and selling. How do the other people in the big companies view you? What do they say about you? Ooh, that's a very good question, Chris. Um, look, I think I've been uh, certainly having the, the blue chip background, um, having worked for Unilever six years, Mars, Fonterra, my own business. Um, I certainly respect um, corporate and corporate behaviour. Um, I've done a lot of um, corporate comms um, training, so I, I wouldn't sort of take my call it experience <laughs> and think that I'm running down the corridors <laughs> high fiving people. You know what I mean? Like I kind of, I guess within corporate, I adapt to ensure that um, uh, I adapt to cultures. So, um, so I would, I would like to think that I would, I would be seen as, um, you know, the marketing innovation manager. And um, if you need the new ideas, go to Marnie. Um, but I certainly. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly would like to think that um, that my behaviour is is within the you know within the corporate <laughs> realms of um, of what's acceptable. Uh, Marnie, so, on, um, on that, Marnie, yeah. just I, I know you mentioned all those companies, so you don't have to talk about anyone in particular. Yeah. I know that you know Unilever has a, a great reputation for for innovation uh, yeah. and sort of seen as you know in the design thinking world as one of the leaders. Do you get, you're obviously an ideas person and Chris tells me, you know, you're constantly bringing up, you know, new ideas for your business. Do you ever get frustrated in the corporate environment that, you know, you have too many ideas for that they can handle, so let's say? Um, look, I think, uh, look, the short answer is yes. I think uh, in, in a lot of roles you, uh, I guess, need to respect um, certainly where companies are going and sometimes you don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes. So um, so if you do get a no for something that you think is going to be wildly successful, um, it can be disappointing. Um, but that said, you have to respect that sometimes you're not privy to what's going on behind the scenes. So how do, how do you deal with that? Like do, do you have a, like is it you just say, well, I'll just go and do something in my own business or you know, do you go home and, you know, do, do you have an outlet when you get frustrated creatively? Uh, no, I just roll with it. I just right. go next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get too connected, you know. Yeah. I think it's important not to get too emotionally connected to things that, you know, created, that you've created. Yeah. I've certainly deleted a lot of products in my time, introduced a lot of products. I just roll with it. Marnie, you mentioned that when people want an idea, they get directed, go to Marnie. So yeah. what's what's your creative for me to have, when somebody turns up and says, look, I need an idea to solve this problem, I hear you're a creative kind of person. Do yeah. you have any 
tips for helping people become more creative? Or tips, how, what do you yourself use to generate ideas? Um, look, a tip, I think if you're not uh, necessarily creative, my tip would be um, collaborate and draw ideas because there are ideas everywhere. I don't come up with the ideas a lot of the time. I see a good idea, identify it, and I think the magic for me is that I make it happen. So, you know, I didn't come up with crocodile meat. I didn't come up with almond milk yogurt. Um, I was able to identify that there was a market gap and and, um, and commercialise it. So I think if you are um, struggling with creativity, for me, collaboration, like put your net out wide. Um, right now I've got two projects going on uh, in two different categories where we're going through a traditional concept screening um project where you start with 30 ideas um you know map it to the demographic that you're aiming for uh get a forced rank through market research and then work on the top five uh but of those top five you've got to be very realistic about what's actually going to be commercialized they might be a great idea but it might be very niche so then you've got to map it back to the company that you're servicing or working for in my case um to say is it or is it not a big opportunity for for them so I don't know if there's one formula, but I guess the one word I would say is collaborate. Don't think you've got to come up with the idea yourself. Mm. You give us, bring us to life because I'm conscious we're all of us creatures of habit and we live in our own little groove. We might park in the same parking spot, get the same bus each day. And so we, we kind of put our own blinkers on because we don't naturally cast the net out wide. What's a good way of casting the net out wide? I think it's, um, well, I'll, I'll answer from a, a corporate point of view. One, uh, The corporate to me is quite simply, um, and I've got one this afternoon, I just I just identify people I think are creative. Um, I design, and it's actually really hard on Zoom, but I design a, a, a little bit of pre-work, bring to the meeting, you know, your top three um, ideas that you think might work in this category. So you brief them, then you hold the meeting, you give everybody a good five minutes. And some of them, you know, you'd be surprised where the ideas come from you really will um so hold a meeting and just say this is what i'm trying to do guys is, is actually canvas for new ideas so that we can ensure we're on the right track here um and then the second part which probably goes back to my initial answers is is around your own life and shaking it up um i i um I kind of don't don't really toe the line when it comes to routine and I really enjoy um, doing things that are just completely different. Um, but what you see in my skill set and I think uh, one is recently I wrote an entire magazine. Um, uh, and by the way, I'm not a writer. I like writing, but I'm certainly no um, journalist. Um, but I wrote, volunteered to write a magazine interviewing um the top 10 leaders of Australia and just ask them questions on where they saw saw their success and why were they in the position and um and for me that was just so motivating and so um inspiring it makes you want to do more um so uh yeah I, I found that particular project um way bigger than I ever thought it was going to be as far as right how to write a magazine which I ended up um you know very proud of what I delivered it's probably you know, I don't know. Journalist. Are, are yeah. people like us allowed to see the magazine? It sounds fascinating. Yeah, of course, of course. Where is it? How can we see it? Well, um, oh, it's not public. I mean, it's published in a way, but it's given out at um, at conferences for leadership. So oh, it's okay. a it's. A, but I'm more than happy to provide a um, a PDF of it. Yeah. Oh, fabulous! Thank you very yeah. much for that. Um, no. it, now we. Um, 
mentioned that we'd love to experiment with creativity and sometimes the people we chat to have a creative habit or something that they themselves do that we could test out in the next week or so and then kind of report back on how it's gone. Do you have something you want to challenge us with, Marley? Um, I think I think it actually only because it's been very recent and very inspiring for me is this writing of the magazine, Chris. Um, so my challenge to you and Paul is maybe uh, choose three people um, that you interview. And I know to an extent this podcast is actually that, but actually write a magazine, write a blog about it. And what what is actually really powerful is come up with the top five key messages from that person that you think other people can learn from. And it just mm. needs to be the top five. Um, I'll read I'll read one here that I, I just found so um so amazing with uh, this uh, Ian Warren who started a water engineering company, uh, now multi-million dollar company, um, who now also helps thousands of people in Somal Islands um, uh, with sewage systems for free and Sydney University sponsored him and send their students over. Like He's the most amazing man. And I said, you know, what what makes what made your success? And he, when he started as a plumber, he didn't know that he was going to end up uh, helping thousands of people, um, you know, in the Solomon Islands with with um, with water. And he said, um, I think people say always start with your why. Um, he said, but the truth is, this is very idealistic. Start with what's in your hand. Build that. Use the platform for greater things. It's hard to. It's sorry. It's hard to do what you love, but you should always love what you do. And you know that's straight out of the mouth of an of an everyday Aussie who started a water an engineering company. And I, like I never would have. I just find these nuggets um, when you talk to people that if you can, if you've got the objective to distill it down. Um, you know, to what what can I take out of that interview to share for other people to learn from? Um, it's it's just uh, it's inspiring. So that's my challenge to you. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, that's great. No, that's uh, that is. I'm going to uh, uh, get the transcript of that. <laughs> but I'd love I'd love, to, I'd love to see the PDF of your magazine. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. And that's a great that's a great challenge to interview uh, someone and get the and distill the, the top five tips. I'm conscious, Marley, We're nearly out of time with you. I know you've got a deadline you're running to. I was I was thinking Sorry. back. Could I think of five nuggets from you? I'd be stretching myself, but I, I think what I've heard from you is about <laughs> collaboration being key to generating new ideas, to cast the net wide, um, and to look kind of speak to people, listen and find the nuggets from them. I'm, I'm really struck that you said, I- I'm a creative, but I don't come up with ideas. It's about making those ideas happen. That, that's that's where you uh, play your role in creativity. So um, maybe and that Chris, is I'd add, I'd, add, I'd wait, add one to that, which is about, uh, you know, when an idea doesn't get up, just letting it go and moving on to the next one. Because I think that's a, you know, that is a great tip because so many of us get, fall in love with our ideas and we don't want to mur- murder our darlings. So uh, I think <laughs> it's a great, great insight, Marnie. Marnie, it's been a huge pleasure <laughs> chatting to you. I know you're super busy and you've given us so much about creativity and I think a completely fresh angle on creativity. Uh, thank you so much. Can't wait to try some Crocodile State and to <laughs> read that wonderful magazine that you've written. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks, Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like not to miss any future episodes, please subscribe. And if you subscribe, it helps others find us. And a huge thank you to Zane Weber, our audio engineer, to Michaela Rock, our producer. I'm Chris Meredith. See you next week. I'm Paul Fiona. Join us next.